It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give each other grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the new Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott here with Tom, the king of the cranium from <laughs> Heritage you. Christian Counseling Ministries. How are we doing this morning? Well, yeah, doing pretty good. The craniums is still attached. <laughs> And I'm going to ask you to take your counselor hat off today. Okay. I want you to put your pastor hat on today. Awesome. Because it is, after all, love month. It is. Absolutely. Every February, at least for as long as I've been doing this with Tom, we have taken the month of February to explore Christian marriage, Christian relationships, and uh, we've just come to call it love month. We're going to start that today by an examination of Colossians chapter 3. That's right. And clearly, Scott, this is my favorite month of the year on our show. Oh, absolutely it yeah. is. It's Well, there and there's a specific reason for it. Because? Because. Why Why is February such a wonderful month for you? Oh, okay. Now See, I'm with are you. you. Wow. wow. Got, you know, that's right. I have, Something's coming up, Scott. Uh, let me think what it is. Let's see. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Keep it's, going. Is he? Is it? Is it uh, Martin Luther? No, that already happened. No, it's not Saint Switherin's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saint Valentine's Day and my anniversary. Yes, yes. Now is it too early in the morning to ask me ask you to do some math? Uh maybe we'll find out, but probably not. How many years? Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> it is too early. Yeah, let me think about. Sorry, that. Kathy. Yeah, I think I can pull this off. <laughs> Let's see, it's fifth grade in the playground. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that makes it, you know, see, 470 years ago. Years ago. <laughs> wow. It's going to be 47 on Valentine's Day. Well, congratulations. And I've always been thankful that my bride chose Valentine's Day to get married on so that we have all of Hallmark on my side helping me remember. Is, is that why she did that? What was the point in Valentine's Why did she do that? I think she always wanted to get married on Valentine's Day. Huh. And and I filled the bill. <laughs> you, you were the one that was willing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so glad. I was so thankful. <laughs> yes. Without question. So we are going to, uh, we're going to dig into Colossians chapter 3. So we don't really have a verse of the day like we usually do. This is the whole show really. Right. It's is about- going to be about uh, the, the word of God today. And uh, so, Tom, where do you where do you want to kick this off at? Well, well, Scott, let's dive into. Let me say this: that today we're going to talk about six fundamentals of marriage. Okay. So, according to Colossians three, so these six are. If you read through the third chapter of Colossians, what you're going to find is that Paul takes 
16 verses to talk about being prepared, and he talks about two verses about what to do in marriage. So if you get the preparation right, and that's his focus, that's the emphasis, then when we begin to talk about the whole relationship, he gives several very simple fundamentals. So it's kind of like if you get the uh, if you if you get the pregame right, right, the game itself is no problem. That's right. And it was the former UCLA basketball coach, John Wooden, John Wooden. Okay, that said, preparation is the most important part of the battle. If you're prepared, the whole game is not going to be as bad. And that's the whole point is if husband and wife are prepared before the Lord. Paul said it, Scott, in 1 Corinthians 11 when he was talking about communion, that before we take communion, we are to examine Examine ourselves and how valuable that is, that when we examine ourselves, how, how ready am I to take communion? What do I have to do to have intimacy with Jesus? And to remember what he did. Well, I examine myself, and that's the same process that we want to do in preparation for marriage. And what's really interesting, I hear people out there going, Tom, I'm already married. Yeah, yeah. But you can still prepare every day to present yourself to your marriage partner by examining who you are. All right, so let's dig into these six. Let's start with number one. Each marriage partner prepares themselves for marriage. Yes, and so Paul says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. How can you enter into marriage if those are the things that are happening, what's that going to do to the the oneness, the closeness of marriage? And Scott, when we talk about the closeness of marriage, when husband and wife in the ceremony say, I do, they designate each other to be the closest person to them emotionally than anybody. So if you're angry at your spouse, it is a much more intense situation than it is if it was likely with anybody else. So that's why it's so important. How how could you possibly enter in daily to your marriage and present yourself to your spouse if you're having anger and rage and malice and slander and maybe disrespectful, filthy kind of language? You're not going to have your marriage hitting on all cylinders, and I've been accused of being the master of understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you'll find those, if you go down through Colossians 3 and verses roughly 5 through 10, you'll find that listed there. And it it does, it it really amazes me, Tom, when you, you sit here and we look at 16, 17 verses are all about this preparation, the things to do to be ready yeah. For marriage. Right. And then two verses on, oh, and by the way, if you get married, now here's this. Yeah, yeah. You Isn't know? that amazing? Because all the heavy-duty work is done in the first 16 verses. Life is pretty good if you get that right. Let's take a look at, at number two. All right. And we'll begin to understand. Put on the new nature that is renewed in knowledge of our Creator. So let's focus on being trustworthy. I would absolutely say when a marriage 
that I've treated or worked on and it does not make it almost always is the inability to rebuild trust. Trust is so critically important. And, and here's an interesting thought for those marriages out there that may be struggling with trust. It may be easier and safer to trust Jesus with your spouse than trusting your spouse. Um, okay, I'm getting that. Okay, you're going to have to unpack that a little bit. Well, you think about a spouse who maybe was unfaithful. And as they're beginning to try and heal their marriage and the offended spouse struggles to trust their spouse again. So rather than trust the offender spouse, you ask Jesus to help you trust him, to trust Jesus with your spouse. So that Jesus and the offender spouse will become closer and that they'll grow their relationship and he or she will be more apt to be able to, to, to come together again. Okay, okay. Now I know. Now I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're good. Okay. Yeah, it gets a little tangled in there. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is all about putting on the new self then. Yeah, and which involves the Holy Spirit. And I have said this. In fact, I think just yesterday, uh, walking out of my office, I reminded one of my patients of, who should be the first person in your life that should receive the fruit of the Spirit? When we're talking about love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, who should be the first person in your life that receives that? Your spouse. Yes. And so when we get that, how difficult is marriage? I mean, you might have other circumstances, but aren't those rather attractive? Oh, very much so. And how productive are they toward marriage? Now, I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there because right now I can almost hear somebody screaming at the radio. Okay. Tom, mm -hmm. are you telling me that just because I do this, my marriage is going to be perfect and we are never going to have a problem? The answer to that is a real easy one. And what would that be? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd toss that out there. And the reason why, and this is where a lot of people have a high degree of stress, maybe it even is worth another whole show in itself. Uh-oh. The word perfect is a real stress producer. It's a tension producer. It can lead toward burnout. Oftentimes, an individual who struggles with wanting things to be perfect, well, why do they want it to be perfect? How do they benefit from it being perfect? Oftentimes, it's because they feel accepted and approved of. So what that means is they become conditional. Your acceptance and your approval comes on if you're perfect. If you're not, sorry about your luck. Yeah, maybe maybe next time. Yeah, how'd it work for you? Mm -hmm. So they strive for it, and they pay a price for it. It drains them. But how about if we receive the fact that, that Jesus went to the cross for us unconditionally because he loved us. Our God loved us unconditionally and gave his own son for us. Wow. 
He's working without a net today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage fundamentals, according to Colossians 3, is what we're going over today on the session. And the next one, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So what would that do to a marriage? Shouldn't you have compassion for your spouse? What do you suppose kindness does in your marriage? You know, there's a type of love or there's this, this uh, mindset that I'm safe at home so I can go do and say whatever I want at home because I'm still going to be accepted and approved of. Really? How close are you when you do that? Well, see, there we are. Once again, you might want to think about kindness. How can we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us, and then not be kind? And not exhibit that to those that we that are around us every day. Yes. In our own home. Yeah. Okay. Well, and how about humility? Well, again, how many spouses are listening today that think their spouse is the opposite? What would that be? Arrogant? Stuck on themselves? Prideful? And, you know, how do you talk about that in marriage? Well, again, when we recognize are what I call the vertical expectation with God in heaven. Oh God, do a work in me, prepare my heart so that I can have a humble nature that I'm aware of. How do I present myself to my spouse each and every day? Well, when we do, marriage grows and it gets even more powerful. So gentleness, there are times when Heritage and Kathy and I wrestle with who's controlling who. <laughs> Sometimes heritage can raise its ugly head, so to speak, with the business side. Yep. And so sometimes it's a little more challenging to be gentle and patient. But when we begin to recognize that and recognize our need that, you know what, uh, over and above heritage, Kathy and I have marriage. God bless her. God created her for me. And I am not going to let anything stand in the way of this incredible God-given gift to me. Mm. So you're kind of picking up the passion in Tom today for marriage <laughs> as we go through this. Um, I'm going to make this suggestion. Here we are at three of six. Mm -hmm. Maybe we make this a week two thing. Why so not? So that we can develop it fully. That's fine. And, and kind of really talk through it more completely. So we're going to talk about this more next week and wrap up Marriage Fundamentals according to Colossians chapter 3. And, Tom, we, we don't want to just leave it at that. We want to remind uh, everyone listening today that as uh, they're going through marriage or maybe, you know, this is someone contemplating marriage. Maybe there's an the right. engaged couple. Mm -hmm. You know, premarital counseling is in the first 17 verses of You're Colossians right. chapter 3. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it might be something to sit down and read as a couple, but maybe having somebody to go through that with you. And I know you have a premarital counseling program that you absolutely love doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how can they get a hold of you to start that conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries.com. And I do love that premarital uh, program we have. <laughs> I have. My heart for premarital and marriage period is, is what took me out of the classroom. 